This is Gridiron Graduates, a weekly podcast covering all things football. Episode 69, I Don't Get It, recorded April 20th, 2017. Hey, what's going on, guys? Gridiron Graduates hitting you guys back up. Welcome back. Hope you guys had a good week. Bill Rossetti here with Ian Wharton, as always, the two, the dynamic duo, Getting back together with just nine days at the time of this recording uh, until the NFL draft. Uh, so just two episodes here left. We got one more pair of divisions to go over, and we're pretty much ready to go, man. Ian, what's how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's it's uh it's almost over. <laughs> it's that it, yeah. kind of that rough part of the year where. Um, just the the sheer amount of rumors that come at us. I mean, we hear multiple conflicting things even in the same day, and this happens every year. So, you know, it's a it's it's one of those things where you know this part of the year I'm pretty pretty worn out by it. Um, but that all being said, it's also a fun time of year too because I'm just getting really excited, man. Getting really excited for the the. The, the draft and, and everything that happens after it and all that work ends up paying off here soon. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. So, yeah, like, um, like I said, draft coming up. Got other good things going on. Ian's Cavs are uh, doing pretty well so far in the playoffs. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs are going on if you're into that. Baseball just got underway, so... A lot of good stuff going, so it's a good time of year. Um, but I think we have to start the show. I mean, you know, this is going to be a bit of a somber note, obviously, but it's obviously the big, the big story of the day, at least the day of this recording, Wednesday, and that, of course, was the finding of former Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez found dead in his cell. Uh, you know, Hernandez, of course, was serving a life life sentence for the murder of Odin Lloyd. He had just been found not guilty, though, of the 2012 double murder. But, again, serving the life sentence. Uh, you know, real shame how this all happened. It was quite a, quite a series of events, to th- say the least. Um, you know, some very unfortunate for his family, and... You know the victims here. Just a just a wild story to wake up to this morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, I'm sad for obviously the victim, um, the victim's family, and you know don't want to forget them in all of this. Uh, just you know the Aaron Hernandez, it, like just like the whole saga, it's just unbelievable it's really unbelievable and um you know he he went out in a way that's that's really you know just sad it's just sad all around it's sad for all parties involved and um you know we saw one of the Pouncey brothers post a a little video yeah obviously they were good friends both of the brothers were good friends with him and uh they supported him through a lot of it and I, i give them props you know that's I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine a friend, you know, being found guilty of that, being even accused of that is 
just horrifying to begin with. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, I don't know, man, that's something that'll never be fixed, but, you know, very sad day in the NFL and, and especially for the victims, not really for Aaron Hernandez himself. I mean, he, he picked a, a way to go out that's, you know, you could argue it's pretty cowardly, but, you know, it is what it is, and, and hopefully the family will find peace in it. Yeah, it's so... Just a crazy ending, really, to what was a very, like I said, very eventful story. So, again, thoughts to uh, you know, his family, his four-year-old daughter. Uh, unfortunate they have to go through this, so... Uh, so with that, I guess we'll, uh, kind of try to turn it around here, perk things up a bit, I guess, uh, get into a little bit of news and notes. Um, we'll talk about a report that we just saw that Ian actually brought up right before we started recording here. Uh, our buddy Ben Albright, uh, good man, fun follow on Twitter, he be- he's reporting, he believes that... Christian McCaffrey is a lock to be selected in the top 10, which would be, uh, you know, obviously no one's really talking about him in the top 10, so I I think for a few people it's going to be quite a surprise. Uh, But what do you think? Can you see McCaffrey going top 10? Uh, You know, obviously a team like the Panthers can use running back help. That would probably be the most likely destination if he goes top 10. But, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, that's the hashtag he used was uh, hashtag Panthers. And, um, you know, that that does seem to make the most sense. And I think this would really be a fun matchup of, of talent. And I talked about earlier in the draft process, draft process, I actually talked about it last year, would have liked to have seen uh, Derrick Henry land with the Panthers just because of his power uh, style. And then I talked about Leonard Fournette ended up, um, somehow landing with the, with the Panthers. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I think you can pretty much take it to the bank that Fournette's going to be going to the Jaguars, unless if something crazy happens at two and three. Um, as we get closer to the draft, the, the things that I keep hearing, you're going to hear a lot of rumors. I, I just know that I've heard these from multiple, some, not only reporters, but also some, some guys in the NFL that I really trust that have, have led me pretty well. Over the last couple of years, I think Solomon Thomas will be the pick at two. I think Jonathan Allen will be the pick at three. And then Leonard Fournette will be at four. And then things really get crazy at five. Like I, I that's where like there's, there's not a whole lot of, uh, known because I think that's going to be the trade range, uh, for quarterbacks. You know, Buffalo wants to get Mitch Trubisky. Cleveland wants Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so that's where it starts to get adventurous. And, um, but yeah, uh, coming back to McCaffrey, you're right. I think that you start to probably consider him at, uh, I guess the Jaguars, you could. I mean, he'd be a real wild card there, but I mean, that would be, that would be the, the shock of the draft, I think. As surprising as John Allen would be at three after considering his shoulder injuries, I, I think the shocking thing would be Fournette not being the first running back off the, the board. So I think that's pretty safe, but then I think McCaffrey, you start to look at maybe at seven to San Diego, but I really think the conversation is going to be there 
um, at, at, at eight for Carolina. Um, Cincinnati would be an interesting fit as well. And I also think Buffalo would make sense. I think that's really the, the three teams. They could make a good argument for why they would draft him. And two of those teams, well, I mean, really all three of them, you're, you're getting a fantastic receiver as well, as well as a great running back. And the Bengals would make sense in the fact that Gio Bernard and, and Jeremy Hill, neither of them have played well. The last they didn't play well last year, and Hill hasn't played well since his rookie year. I think Hill's a guy they need to replace. Um, Carolina, they could use a slot receiver, and they could use uh, another running back. Obviously, McCaffrey's fantastic in in every role that he's played, so there's no reason why he can't help fill those two roles. And then you know, same for Buffalo. Buffalo's still looking uh, for receiver help as well. So uh, you know, the, it makes sense. It seems rich, but look how dominant this guy was in the Pac-12 for, you know, multiple years. It's not like this guy's a one-hit wonder. Um, I think he's a phenomenal player. I really do. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in this class. I have him as running back four, but even as I say that, like, I'm, it doesn't mean he's not, like, a first-round caliber player to me. So um, I would be, I'd be, I'd be really, really happy if he goes to Carolina just because of how fun I think that would be. Yeah, for sure. You know, especially in an offense like that that's very run oriented. Uh, you know, and, and you're going to need someone eventually to replace Jonathan Stewart. I mean, Stewart can obviously still run pretty well, but the injury history is well accustomed, and he is get, kind of getting up there in age a little bit. So, um, it, and you know, it depends how they feel about guys like Fozzie Whitaker and Cameron Artis Payne, but. I think McCaffrey could certainly be that bell cow back uh, maybe two or three years down the road for Carolina if he goes there. Um, I do like that. I am intrigued by the other two options you brought up, Cincinnati and Buffalo. I believe Gio Bernard is entering a contract year with yep. the Bengals. So, if, so that could be a, a decision there if they grab McCaffrey, could make... Bernard expendable. Um, and, and like you said, uh, Hill has kind of been up and down the last couple of years. He had this fantastic rookie year, but he has kind of plateaued a little bit, I guess. And then Buffalo, you know, could use someone behind LaShawn McCoy. And again, another guy that's kind of getting up there in age a little bit as well. So certainly three Three intriguing options, I think, for sure. Uh, something else that was brought up today was the Browns potentially moving up from number 12. Ideally, or likely, the trade target would be Mitchell Trubisky. Now, how high they have to get up, we've talked in the past. Uh, you mentioned five is probably a target. To, uh, if you want to get Trubisky, because you want to get ahead of the Jets to ensure that you get Trubisky. So, um, and and what are they saying? Um, Cleveland won't announce their top pick un, until the draft, even though, let's be honest, you know, they'll say that they're considering Trubisky and Garrett. But, I mean, anybody can figure out that it's going to be, it has to be Miles Garrett at number one. Yeah. So, you know, and they could easily come away in this draft with Garrett 
and Mitchell Trubisky. Like, they can easily flip their one of their second-round picks to, say, um, trying to remember who's at number five. Oh, yeah, Tennessee uh, for the fifth pick. It's not like yeah. it would cost them a lot to get from 12 to 5. Yeah, and they may not even have to go that high. I mean, Buffalo may be the only team that they have to jump. And, you know, if that's the case, well, then all of a sudden this, this is a whole lot easier than, you know, yeah, I think the bidding maybe starts at five or six, um, but they may not have to go that high. And, you know, if they can even jump up just to, like, with Carolina and maybe say, hey, Carolina, you guys can get Christian McCaffrey here at 12, you know, and again, this is going to be based off of Intel. This is going to be based off of teams, you know, knowing the market and understanding, you know, what other teams and uh, where they want to go and how they view this class. And that's that's a part of being a good general manager and employing the staff that can, you know, handle that. Um, but you know, the Browns may not have to go that high. Uh, and if they don't have to, even if they do have to, like you mentioned, they've got the assets to do it. Who cares? If they use the extra second-round pick they got for Brock Osweiler and a second-round pick that they have extra this year, okay. I mean, like, no one's going to care about that if you walk away from this with your quarterback and Miles Garrett in this class. So, absolutely. I think the Browns have to be odds-on favorite to be the team to move up and, and get the guy that they want. So... Yeah, so let's jump into jump into our final set of division previews, I guess. Because I mean, let's, let's be honest. At this point, there's really not much. There really hasn't been much news in the last week, anyway, has there? No, not really. I mean, it's it. been you know, free agency has been uh, you know kind of done. Yep. And um, you know, at this point, it's it's really just the draft, and then after the draft, we'll have another small bout of free agency, and uh, then that's about it. I mean, it's, it'll be time to play. And, you know, speaking of playing, of course, you know, schedule comes out this week, so uh, all you travel buffs out there can get your get your plans ready for later in the year. So that'll be a fun time for you guys. Uh, yeah, so let's jump into it. Final set of final set of our division previews. We'll start in the AFC West. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are picking, I believe, at twenty-eight in round one. And there's been a little bit of rumors that they could be in play uh, for a quarterback. Um, you know, they they seem to be kind of a wild card pick to take one of the quarterbacks in the first round. Um, I, I we'll just start there. Like, what's what's your take there on on the possibility of Kansas City taking a round one quarterback? Yeah, it it makes a lot of sense uh, if they get the chance to get one of the top four. And as we get closer, I, I tend to think that. These guys aren't going to go as high as maybe as we thought. Um, and it's not because I don't think the league doesn't like them. I think it's just because you look at the teams that need to pick them, they don't really have the time to invest in a rookie quarterback 
and start them right away. You know, Chicago doesn't really have the time and ability to do that. San Francisco seems to be more worried about building a strong team and then maybe playing for Kirk Cousins next year. Uh, you know, Houston, they're in a, they're in a year that they may need to just win. And you could argue that, yeah, depending on who's on the board there, uh, maybe there'll be an upgrade on Tom Savage. They probably will be, but you know, maybe their plan, they have a plan for Tony Romo and, and their plan is to, to, or, you know, Cutler or Kaepernick, whatever it is, they may have a veteran plan. So you look at all these teams and you're saying, well, okay, if we're crossing these teams off the list, there's a good chance that Kaiser or Mahomes or Watson is there in the late 20s. And specifically Kaiser. Um, I think Kaiser will probably fall to the late first or the second round. Um, that's actually a prop bet out there. And, you know, I would probably bet that he goes in the second, which is crazy to me, but I understand it as well. Uh, yeah, I just understand that that's how the NFL values those types of guys. And, um, so I'm looking at, at the Chiefs and I'm saying, well, their number one thing that holds them back every year is Alex Smith. It just is. They have other weaknesses at linebacker. You could argue corner. They could use another one, even though Terrence Mitchell played pretty well down the stretch for them. Still want to add another talented body to that mix. You could use someone next to, uh, uh, um, Ronick Mil- Wilson as the inside linebacker number two for that job. Heck, you need to, need to make sure that you lock down the starting job, uh, the number one middle linebacker there just because uh, you look at the injuries that Derek Johnson has suffered and who knows if he can finish the season at this point. Uh, you know, you could always use another edge rusher, although I don't think that's a priority. Tom Bali's getting older. D Ford looked like he played pretty decently last year. Uh, so maybe you're not too worried about that. You could use maybe some more offensive line help too. Uh, obviously not like a high pick, but you know, maybe start looking at depth at guard. Uh, maybe being a concern. So there's a lot of uh, needs here, but it always comes back to quarterback. And if you had a better quarterback, a lot of these needs are secondary type needs. And so I think Patrick Mahomes has been a guy that's been uh, kind of uh, linked to them. I think Mahomes will be off the board by then, but he would make a lot of sense if he's there. And I, I think Deshaun Watson would actually be a, a guy who makes sense. Although I do think Watson is similar to Alex Smith. Uh, I do think he's a little bit more willing to go downfield and attack certain matchups that would benefit those receivers and maybe heighten the play of that offense overall. Uh, although I do think he is somewhat limited in the same sense that Smith is. But I mean, that's what you're going to get late in the first round. Is you know you're not always going to get the the guy dripping with upside. You know Kaiser. I don't think Kaiser would be a great fit, although he's more talented uh, than the guys I mentioned. Uh, not necessarily Mahomes, but you know, Watson. I think he's more talented than Watson, but he's also a guy that's further away, and he's not really a guy that operates in that same type of offense. So uh, I think that quarterback has to be their concern. Uh, the question is how much do they leverage to get one? Are they willing to trade up? Are they willing to trade significant assets? Because it's not like they have a bunch of extra assets uh, like some of these other teams that may be looking to move up ahead of them. I was Checking quick your draft guy, because I know you've compared a lot of these players to current NFL players. You had Deshaun compared to... I, I just wanted to see like if it was Alex Smith or not, but you had him as an yeah. athletic Andy Dalton. Yeah, is... yeah, Deshaun Watson, yeah. Um, and I've seen I've seen people link the two, Watson and, uh, and Alex Smith, 
and I actually see that. I, I do see that. I didn't didn't want to go with that because I, I feel like a lot of quarterbacks every year get linked to Alex Smith because um, it's kind of convenient because he's more of like a, a limited quarterback, but you know he's he's effective enough in his role. Yeah, so you know it it, it makes sense why people compare them. Uh, but I went with Dalton. It's it's a similar type of player. And something real quick before we continue with the teams, because we have a little bit of time, I think, too. Um, what has happened to the stock of Deshaun Kaiser? I mean, it felt like a couple months ago this guy seemed to be a lock for the first round, and now, you know, as you just mentioned, it seems like he could fall into round two. You know, what what's happened over the last couple weeks that's seemingly caused Kaiser to fall down boards yeah it's it's hard it's hard to say uh, we've seen Mahomes rising and we've seen Kaiser dropping which to me could say that you know when you when these teams are getting these guys into one-on-one interviews or, or team interviews they're getting them on the whiteboard they're probably finding that Mahomes is more advanced than what they had thought um, which makes sense he's coming from a quarterback uh, led team uh, Cliff Kingsbury obviously he played in the NFL. He's been prepping this quarterback for the NFL. Uh, so it's not like he's coming from a system that's just one or two word play calls. Doug Farrar, VR team, did had a great interview with uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes on this, and, and you definitely recommend that piece uh, to see. You know, you kind of hear Mahomes talk about some of this stuff, and it's not like he's a, a raw quarterback. I think he's going to have a pretty – Easy transition mentally to the NFL, uh, relatively speaking. And then you compare that to Deshaun Kaiser. Well, maybe Kaiser didn't do as well, or maybe Kaiser, you know, Notre Dame and Michigan State both have this sort of have this reputation and this history of trashing players on the way out. And Brian Kelly's done it. He's done it for multiple players. Um, it's a bad look, but it is what it is, and, and that's what he's decided to do. And you look at Kaiser and, you know, maybe he's not, you know, this is like Teddy Bridgewater. Was it maybe true? You know, what, what things are being said about him? Maybe, maybe they're not though. Uh, maybe he's not doing great in the interviews. Maybe he's not coming off as super confident. Maybe he's not coming off as, uh, you know, very developed. He only played in 25 games. It's, which is less than Mitch Trubisky. Now, granted, he started a lot and he started more, but he was still yanked around. And his film is a little bit inconsistent. So, you know, I, I, I think you can point to some of the issues. You know, again, I'm going to put the, the, the trust in the talent, but there's definitely a downside to him. And I think that of all those quarterbacks, he, you could argue he maybe has the highest upside, but also the, the lowest downside too. Like, you know, just based off of like confidence and, and consistency. Now he has a tremendous skill set, but if he doesn't hone it in, you know, you could see him potentially being a, a you know out of the league in in maybe five five to seven years. You know, I've I've heard someone say, well, you know, he's he's kind of like Josh Freeman, and you know whether that's true or not, who knows? But you know, he, to me, he's more like Donovan McNabb type of quarterback, like that that Big Ben that type of quarterback where you know you, you're going to get a lot of special plays out of these guys. But you know, the margin for error and that line between becoming that those two levels of quarterbacks is really not that far. You know, it's it, the NFL really is not a game that 
rewards um, those slight differences. And sometimes the differences between being really good and just really, really bad is, is slight. So, you know, the team's got to put, have trust in him. And if they don't trust him, you know, to be an impact player in the first two or three years, they're probably not going to draft him in the first. But I mean, it doesn't mean he won't be successful in the second. Obviously, we saw that with Derek Carr. He's obviously been extremely successful. So it's tough. It, you know, it's hard to separate these guys from their situations sometimes too. Yeah, so let's all right. So let's jump back in here. Uh, we'll go to the Raiders now, and Raiders have been another team that have been pegged a little bit to running back. Um, I'm just looking at the roster right now, and one thing that kind of stands out to me, at least on the our lads roster, they only have two defensive tackles listed right now: Darius Latham and Justin Ellis. So, you know, certainly. Makes sense that they could go after a D tackle at some point in the draft. Uh, probably could still go running back even if they do land Marshawn Lynch, which we expect to happen uh, pretty soon. Um, you know, maybe some help in the secondary. Just, just depth pieces, I guess, all over. Because again, this is another team I think that's certainly ready to compete. Just maybe add a couple pieces. You know, while, as their car continues to develop, Amari Cooper, so just maybe some a couple weapons for him. You know, they, they did bring in Jared Cook from Green Bay, so all about building the offense, I think, at this point, because the defense is pretty solid. But um, what are you thinking here with Oakland? Yeah, I'm I'm actually a little bit more concerned about this defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the offensive line is set; they could use another receiver. Um, they could use another running back, but I think in this class, maybe you're going to maybe take those needs on day three, maybe late day two, kind of take more of a, a value who's fallen, especially if, if Lynch is a done deal, uh, which it seems like it, it's just a matter of time. Uh, I think you can kind of wait on those positions, but you know, I, I think you're right. They need another defensive lineman. They got to get some more depth down there. So maybe that's a day two pick. Um, I'm, I'm worried about their linebackers. They don't have any good linebackers, uh, middle linebackers specifically. You know, I'm looking at them. Ben Heaney, I mean, he was a late round pick. Tyrell Adams, Nerion Ball, James Corey, or Corey James. These aren't, you know, Jelani Jenkins. He was a guy that couldn't cut it really in Miami because of injuries and inconsistency. You know, unless, you know, maybe he bounces back and becomes a starter for them, but they still need a middle linebacker. So to me, they, they need a linebacker pretty badly. Um, I think Raekwon McMillan from Ohio State would make a lot of sense for them. Um, and they also need corner help, too. They don't really have anyone outside of David Amerson and Sean Smith. And quite frankly, I don't think either of those guys are uh, guys that you want to count on past 2017. Like, Amerson's deal you can get out of, and I don't think he's really a, a good starting corner. And Sean Smith, he looked aged last year. And if he continues to age, that's going to be pretty bad. So he's he's decent. He's not a bad starter, but again, though, when when does that drop off come? Because if it comes and it and it comes as hard as as it flashed last year, you know he may be out of Oakland after next year. So I think your first two or three picks really need to address that linebacker and corner position, and then you can really start looking up and saying, okay, now we just need depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Denver Broncos have been another team that have been in the quarterback discussion. They're certainly in the Tony Romo sweepstakes. Now they're kind of backtracking a bit, saying, you know, Simeon's their guy, Paxton Lynch going to compete. Um, could they possibly be a team that looks first-round quarterback, even though they just took a first-round quarterback last year in Paxton Lynch? Um Especially now with the reports coming out that, um, was it they're not fond of his work ethic or something like that? Yeah, I can't see that. Um, that would be unprecedented. Um, this is too good of an organization to give up on Paxton Lynch yet. And I, yeah. I do think Lynch will win this job. I think he'll win it here in, in 2017. And they, they seem to want to really slow cook him last year. And they, they drafted him knowing that he would take extra time, uh, which is fine. You know, as long as that's the organizational plan, that's fine. Uh, obviously, you don't want to enter next year with Simeon as your starter, but I, I still think that they are a team that could bring in a veteran for one year uh, and just kind of, you know, give Lynch one more season uh, to really get ready. But even if, I, I have more confidence that he's going to be ready this year. For them, you know, they, they really got to continue working on their offensive line. The offensive tackle situation is pretty poor. Donald Stevenson, Tyson Brelo, Menelik Watson, those are not starting caliber tackles in the NFL. Um, Stevenson flashes it, but it's not consistent. Sombrello was really bad when he played. You know, he might move to guard uh, to be more of a depth piece or just like a swing backup tackle, but you don't want him playing. So they could use a tackle. They could maybe use a slot receiver. That's not going to be something you're going to worry about right away. Uh, they could use help at tight end, potentially. Um, probably not to like the latter rounds. Hopefully Jeff Hireman from Ohio State. He was, uh, missed last year with the torn ACL. Hopefully he comes back healthy. He was a good prospect before he got hurt. Uh, but really defensively, they need a nose tackle. They could use um, another backup pass rusher, and they could probably use... Um, another cornerback, obviously not a high pick, but a late round pick. You want to build some more of that depth up. They lost Kayvon Webster and he was a good, uh, he's a good special teamer. So they could use some help there. So there's, there's some small needs for them. I think Dalvin Tomlinson in the second round would look really good at nose tackle. Um, offensive tackle, Garrett Bowles, I think is a big target for them. I don't think they have a chance of getting him though. Maybe Cam Robinson, uh, Taylor Moton, those types of guys, maybe even trading out of the first round completely to, to get some value and get one of those names. The Los Angeles Chargers. Still kind of odd saying that again. Uh, you had just mentioned them as a possibility, maybe a wild card to pick, take uh, Christian McCaffrey. Which, that'd be a fun duo, I think, him and Melvin Gordon, if they go that way. Malik Hooker, though, seems to be the guy that's really been pegged to the Chargers, and understandable, because this team is in dire need of a safety. You know, you, you can tell that losing losing um, Eric Weddle was big time. They really missed him, and... Uh, you know, so so it makes sense. The best safety in the class, and you know, so they franchise Melvin Ingram. So they kind of so that locked up their pass rush. Joey Bosa obviously was a big time hit for them. So that that was big. Um, 
you know, maybe could use some some line help because this was a team that certainly was riddled with injuries over the last couple of years, especially along the offensive line. So, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more stability if you can. Um, yeah, I think the defense is really where you're, where you're going to want to try to plug things up here if you're the Chargers. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they could use offensive line help. And it, it, unfortunately for them, it's just not a great draft to do that. You know, it's not a great situation to to do that at seven. Now, maybe they want to pull the, the trigger on a guy like Garrett Bowles. You know, Garrett Bowles, I think, will go higher than most expect. I don't know how high that is. Maybe that's six to the Jets. Maybe that's seven to the Chargers. He's uh, a guy who could theoretically move inside the guard. He's a guy, I mean, Joe Barksdale's not great at right tackle. Maybe you just cut your losses on Barksdale or move Barksdale inside to guard and move guard and move Bulls to right tackle. But other than that, though, I, I think safety safety's probably the overwhelming favorite at the position uh, to be taken. It makes sense. Hooker would make so much sense for this team. Uh, but I also think the guy like Charles Harris would make a lot of sense as well. They need one more edge player. Um, they could use a defensive end. As well, I think defensive end would make sense. Um, Corey Leggett is is a pretty bad defensive end. Now, if John Allen is some somehow still on the board, that would make a lot of sense too. So, um, or you know, and it just kind of depends on what they want that position to do. If they want a pass rusher there at defensive end, then that then you know Allen makes a lot of sense. If they want more of a, a gap eater, like most three four fronts do, uh, opposite of Bosa. Then okay, then you could probably wait till day two on that roll. So they've got options. They're sitting in a good spot to get someone that falls to them. It's just hard because we don't know who is going to go ahead of him. It's a pretty unpredictable draft um, in that regard. But you know, I like where they're sitting to get a great value. Let's jump over to the NFC side now. We'll start with the Seahawks and you know I. It feels like every year we talk about the Seahawks and the offensive line, but I, I think here we are once again needing to talk Seahawks and offensive line because the O line still wasn't the greatest. Um, you know, although I they did bring in Adele Bushi, though I think they probably want to move Jermaine Fetty. Do they want to move him to right tackle, or have they? Yeah, so he's he's yeah, officially gonna go back to right tackle. That's what I thought. Yeah, so so that'll help. So that'll be, you know, hopefully a little bit of better return now on their first round pick. Uh, they did bring in Lou Jokel, but you know, how how confident can you really be in Jokel after he kind of flattened out a bit in Jacksonville? You know, maybe a change of scenery will do him good, but we'll see. Um, you know, obviously brought in Eddie Lacy in free agency, still the guys like Thomas Rawls and CJ Procise. Um, is it crazy though to start talking about, you know, for as good as, and for how, for how long and how good this cornerback or this uh, secondary has been? Is it, is it too early to start talking about them needing to take secondary help early in the draft? No, that's a great question, and I, I think that's going to be where they should go. I think that that's really where I'm at with this. 
Um, yeah, they definitely need offensive line help. They definitely could use a guard. Um, they could, you know, stand to use maybe even another tackle. I think that's perfectly fair because, you, as you mentioned, it's not like Jokel's been reliable. So why why wouldn't they entertain taking him? Um, so I think that should be something in in their back of their minds is to get more depth just along that. Just continue to pump talent in there. You know they they spent sixth round pick last year, third round pick last year, fourth round pick the year before that, first round pick last year, second round pick on Justin Britt a couple of years ago. So it's you know they've they've put a lot of resources into it. They just haven't taken good players. Um, that's that's the big part of it. Big problem here is you know, Justin Britt and Jermaine Ifedi. It's you know I, I like Ifedi and I liked that pick of him, um, but for them to move him all around and stuff is is bad. Yeah, you know, that's that's just bad. It's a bad it's a bad coaching job. It's not having a plan for him. So I, I do like the idea of taking a corner though. Jashawn Sheed, um, Jeremy Lane. These are guys that shouldn't be starting. They shouldn't be getting huge snaps. They, they sign Parrish Cox. They continue to sign bad veterans in hopes to maybe squeeze one good year out of them. Now, I'll say this, Pierre Desir, he's a guy I really liked, and I'm going to continue to go to bat for him. Uh, I hope he's going to get a chance this year. Uh, I know, talked with his agent, he feels like he is going to get a chance this year to play corner. Um, he's, a, he's a very talented player. He's long. He's a really... Solid, uh, cover man. I, you know, to be honest, I don't know why he hasn't gotten more of a chance at other places. I know teams like him. Um, but, you know, they, for some reason, he just hasn't had the opportunities. Um, you know, and, and it is what it is. So, you know, I, I think he's, they've got an opportunity to unearth a gem with him. And so we'll see if, if that ends up sticking. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. If they can, uh, invest a first or second round pick into cornerback. I think it would serve them well. It feels like it's kind of quarterback day here for us because uh, we're getting to it. Yeah, another team that's had quarterback talks at least when it comes to draft Twitter and the media. You know, projecting all these picks. But I mean, Carson Palmer is. Mid to late 30s, so I think it's getting close to time for the Cardinals to start looking quarterback. Could that be in the first round? Possibly. They're going to be in position where they can take one of the big four, as it were. Um, other spots, I think they're another team that could probably use offensive line help. Um, maybe linebacker. You know, you've got an aging although he still hasn't been that bad, but an aging Carlos Dansby in the middle there. Um, probably could use some help along the defensive line. So, uh, again, I think another team that can probably work on the defense a little bit, offensive line, but quarterback is certainly, or at least a quarterback of the future, is probably, probably going to be toward the top of the priority list here if you're Arizona. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think you definitely need cornerback help and quarterback help. And, and those are really going to be your top two focuses. Could use a guard. Um, they don't really have a great number two guard, right guard situation. Um, receiver, they could use help at. 
So, you know, this team definitely has a couple of boxes that they need to check off. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look at corner and quarterback first just because those are premium positions. And then somewhere on D2, add some some depth on that offensive line and, and wide receiving core. And I think you're, we're probably looking at DJ Humphreys now going to be the starting left tackle in Arizona. I think they're going to switch the two tackles. Humphrey looks like he's going to move to left, and Veld here is going to kick over to the right side. Um, so, yeah, so like you said, offensive line, because Veld here is getting up in age, so we're probably going to need someone at least as a swing tackle at some point. And, yeah, you know, right now, at least how it's listed on our lads, you've got Cole Toner as the starting right guard, uh, fifth-round pick last year. So, and, and this was a team that invested a couple mid-round picks on the interior offensive line last season. Toner was a fifth-round pick. Evan Bohm was a fourth-round pick. So, you know, get, at least get some depth in there, get some competition. Um, you know, got to get some protection on whoever the quarterback is going to be, at least this year probably Palmer, and then down the line, whoever that may be. Back to Los Angeles and the uh, L.A. Rams, who are in a pretty weak position, I think, because, you know, for one, uh, obviously the main reason is they got uh, shafted, so to speak, on the uh, on the trade last season for Jared Goff, because it's now left them without a first-round pick, which would have been a top-five pick had they still had it. Uh, so they don't pick at least until round two, but they're uh, they're in an interesting position because, again, I think this is a team that certainly needs a lot of talent help, um, probably going to need some offensive line help as well, and, uh, you know, especially with all the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the resources that they've put in to offensive line in the last couple of years. I mean, you probably have, uh, at least you still have Rob Havenstein at right tackle who was a second round pick. They did just sign Trey Jackson or claim Trey Jackson off waivers from the they did. They did also announce that um, uh, they're going to move Greg Robinson to guard or to right tackle and Havenstein into guard. Oh, there you go. So, so. Yeah, so that was that was. Just happened yesterday, actually. Okay. So they, and so, so Jackson's probably going to be competition at least for uh, Havenstein. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, they they did sign Andrew Whitworth, which was certainly a really good signing because Whitworth is still one of the better left tackles in the game. So that should that should certainly be comforting for Jared Goff. But um, you know, I, I think they still use some talent. Weapons-wise, you know, maybe some receivers, um, maybe a tight end, unless they feel pretty good about Tyler Higby, their fourth-round pick last year. Um, they did try to beef up edge rushing in free agency. They brought in Connor Barwin, try to revive his career. Um, locked up the Trumaine Johnson with the franchise tag. But... Uh, you know, you could probably use help in the, in the secondary as well. So a lot of pieces, I think, that the Rams need. And, again, not not in a very good position as far as ammunition goes to 
really address their needs. So they, they could be in a little bit of trouble here. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, they, they could use center help. Um, like you mentioned, they need wide receivers. Um, can maybe use another tight end. Uh, defensively, defensive end. You know, depending on what Barwin's going to do, is he going to be a linebacker? Is he going to be um, defensive end? It depends. It just depends on how they want to align these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Wade, you're going to put a lot of trust into Wade Phillips, but um, cornerback, they absolutely need help. They need at least one or two bodies there. Uh, you could probably use, you know, another uh, another safety as a backup. Uh, linebacker, maybe add another body there. So you know, it's it's just a lot. It's a lot that piles up, and it's unfortunate. Uh, because, you know, this, this team looked like they were maybe capable of making a playoff run, uh, a year ago, and then it just all fell apart so quickly. Um, as soon as the season started, and it's like, oh no. And they had such a poor free agency as far as retaining their own talent. Uh, and, you know, some of these guys just didn't have good years, and so you understand it, and it was good to churn it. But it's hard because, you know, it opens a lot of holes and it's not like they were able to land a lot of players to fill those holes. So they've got quite the task worked out for them without having a first round pick. But if I'm them, they did as good a job as I think they could have with the offensive line in free agency. I would try to maybe add a center late, you know, somewhere on day three, uh, which is definitely doable. You know, center's in a position you can get cheaply. Um, but I would I would look at wide receiver and then edge and cornerback I think early. It's almost crazy to think that this team started three and one last season, including a win over the Seahawks, and then things just absolutely crumbled. Just winning one game the rest of the way, um, which certainly ultimately led to the midseason firing of Jeff Fisher, which really was long overdue. Um, so that, that's certainly one thing to watch that'll be interesting to watch with the Rams um, is how Sean McVay, who's only 31 years old, handles the job of being an NFL head coach, you know, being so young. Um, so it'll be, but he, he, I think he's ready. You know, he certainly showed that he was one of the better offensive coordinators when he was with Washington, and he's basically going to run the show, at least on offense. And the fact that he brought in Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator is a home run. I, I can't wait to watch Aaron Donald in that defense and what Wade Phillips is going to do with him. Yeah, I mean that's. I think it, you know Wade's just going to be a lot of fun with him, and and if they can get Jermaine Johnson locked up long term, uh, Donald and Quinn and and uh, Johnson are just really fun pieces. Those are the types of players you build around. Uh, for multiple years, and so if Phillips can can get his way and maybe add a couple of uh, ancillary pieces and just they don't need great stars like next to these guys, they just need solid players. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how much they're willing to invest into that. The final team in our previews here. It was well, not really a long road, but uh, just who knows how. Quick, all this goes. The San Francisco 49ers picking at number two, and needless to say, this team needs an influx of talent. Now, give them credit. You know they've been they've done what they can so far in free agency, bringing in some decent pieces. You know, guys like especially on offensive weapons, you know, guys like Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin, 
But, um, yeah, overall, they just need really whatever they can get. Quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, um, probably really all probably all three levels of the defense they could use help. They just need the, the Kyle Ju, Kyle pick the pickup though. I thought was really nice because he's certainly a nice little chess piece that you can move around and use in different ways. So um, brought in Tim Hightower as well. Which you know, it's, it's been fun to watch the revival of Tim Hightower over the last couple seasons. So, but but again, really, just whatever you can find, it, it, it can almost just be a best player available type scenario for the 49ers at number two. Yeah, and I think that they'll end up taking that type of approach this draft. Is, you know that I don't think they're going to really stress too much about getting a quarterback if they can. Great. Maybe they're the team that takes Deshaun Kaiser if he falls to them at 34. Uh, that would be, a, I think that'd be a good pairing as far as skill set and scheme. In fact, I think it'd be a great one. Uh, but you know, who, you know, they're going to have to determine if Kaiser's going to be able to deal with, you know, the strong personality that uh, uh, that Kyle Shanahan brings. And so, but, but other than that, though, I mean, I think this this should be a draft for them. They just prioritize talent. You know, can they revitalize Josh Garnett? Their their second first round pick last year, who was really dreadful. Um, can they add a little bit more talent to the receiving core? Do they want to add a little bit more talent to the receiving core, or are they you know they signed they signed two or three guys, uh, three guys actually. You know, is that good enough for them? Uh, probably is. Probably is. They want to add another running back. Uh, do they want to just stock up in that that front seven of that defense? They have a lot of ways that they can go, and they have a lot of young players who never really took that next step. So the question is, you know, how how quickly are they willing to just continue to add talent and, you know, maybe somewhat give up on recent draft picks because it's new regime, and so it's fair if they want to. And a lot of this is going to have to be self-scouting, but I think they're in a good position to just, just kind of play the board here and just get good players. And that's it. That's 32 teams talked about over four weeks. I think we're ready to go, man. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Well, I know you're excited, obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, re- I really am. And I got some pieces coming out here soon for Bleacher Report, um, nice. which is kind of nice. Yeah, it's kind of nice to get back in it writing. They're not really fun pieces to write because they're they're long ones, and one of them's like a redraft of last year's draft. Nah. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of fun. Uh, it'll be fun to read. I think I think it'll be more fun to read than it is to write. But, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so hopefully people can can enjoy that. But it's been cool to get back into it. And I've I've got a little bit of news myself, but I feel once I start putting stuff out, um, I'll announce it. I want to save for when I'm actually starting to do it and start getting stuff out. Ian already knows what it is. I, I've only told like a couple people, but uh, once I start actually getting stuff out, I'll I'll share with the world what's going on. But I'm pretty excited, you know, just got to find some time, get going, and it'll be fun. And it's a great opportunity for me, for sure. But uh, with, I think next week... Next week, I think we'll do, uh, or at least probably during the week, we'll do some kind of mock draft. 
and maybe just kind of talk about that next week. You know, Sounds good, man. Just yeah. kind of uh, just our thoughts on where players might end up going and see how well we do predicting the draft, I guess. And it'll be kind of like a final final tune up before the big event. And then after the draft, we'll maybe do a recap. Uh, we have a guest that we want to try to get on, kind of talk some draft recap as well. And then probably at some point we'll, we'll probably do it like we did last season, just kind of uh, hang loose during the summer and then reconvene around August, July or August, to uh, get ready for the new season. Yeah, man. I think it's a plan. And uh, that long stretch in the off season that's pretty painful, is coming. But, uh, you know, it'll, it'll end up being worth it. And then season will start, and then we're right back at it again. Uh, it's always worth the wait for sure. So I'm, I'm excited, man. So, yeah, with that, I think we'll wrap things up here. I think that was another fun show in the books. Thanks again. Thanks as always for sitting down and listening to us, or wherever you may be listening to us, and making us part of your podcast rotation. We really appreciate it, and enjoy this final lead up to the draft. Enjoy taking in all the all the last minute mock drafts and any kind of news and smoke screens. Just remember, don't 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 believe everything you hear. When it comes to these reports, because probably about half of them are going to be smoke screens, as Ian knows as well. So, um, but in any event, enjoy anything you got going on, and we'll catch you right here next week for our uh, our big mock draft discussion. So for Ian Wharton. I'm Bill Rossetti. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on GG. Take care, my friends.